Well, good morning. Todd isn't able to be with us this morning, so we're going to be leading. So uh, look forward to leading you in worship. Be stand and sing with us. Stand and sing with us. We're going to do uh, Holy is the Lord. We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He And together we sing And everyone sings Holy is the Lord, holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength He is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He And together we sing And everyone sings Sing it out, holy is the Lord, holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory, holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory, the earth is filled with His glory. It's rising up. And it's rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown. It's rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown. And together we sing. And everyone sing, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. The earth. It's filled with His glory.
Amen. You can be seated. Well, welcome to First Baptist Church. We are so glad that you are here to worship with us this morning. And we're grateful for the McKenzie family leading us in worship. And uh, if you're a guest with us, we're especially glad that you're here. We'd love to get to know you. And one of the ways that we do that is through the guest card that's located in front of you in the pew rack. If you could take one of these out and fill it out for us, we would greatly appreciate that. After our service, if you just walk this to the left, to the Welcome Center, uh, we have a small gift for you coming and being a part of our service. You can also meet Dr. Cox, our lead pastor. He has a small gift for you, and this is just a way for us to express our gratitude that you are here worshiping with us this morning. So uh, next week is a big week. It's the Super Bowl and a couple other things going on, but this is the final week to register for Merge. Merge is our premarital counseling workshop for young couples. Uh, it's led by Jeremy and Megan Jernigan over here. Say, see them. Um, but uh, the reason why I bring this up is we've got four couples registered. We're always looking for more if you're interested. But this is an important time for these young couples. And I know it's an exciting time, but we just want to take a moment to pray for them as they get ready to start Merge. We want to pray for this six-week journey that they're going to be on. And uh, so I just ask you right now, as we worship together, would you just bow your heads and pray with me as we pray for these couples, pray for our worship service as well. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together. And Lord, I lift up these young couples who are preparing for their lives together for a marriage that shows the world Jesus' love for the church. So we lift up these couples to you. And God, we also lift up this service. Father, would you meet with us here? Would you speak to us through your word? And God, God, as we partake in the Lord's Supper, may this be a moment that we reaffirm our commitment to you and your church. We thank you for all of this. In Jesus' good name, amen. This morning, we're going to be uh, taking the Lord's Supper. And so the songs that we're going to be singing are just about who Jesus is and what he's done for us and the fact that he gave himself for us. So stand and sing with, with us. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and he carried the cross. A love so amazing. A love so amazing. Jesus Messiah. A name above all names. A blessed Redeemer. Emmanuel. The rescue for sinners. The ransom from heaven, Jesus Messiah, Lord of all. His body the bread, His blood the wine, I'm broken and poured out. All for love, the whole 
that makes me white as snow no other fount i know nothing but the blood of Jesus this is all my hope and peace nothing but the blood of Jesus this is all my righteousness nothing but the blood of Jesus oh precious is the flow makes me white as snow no other fount I know nothing but the blood of Jesus nothing but the blood of Savior say thy strength indeed is small child of weakness watch and pray find in me thine all in all Jesus paid it all all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find Thy power and Thine alone and change the leper spots and melt the heart of stone Jesus paid it all all to him I sin had left a crimson stain he washed it by the snow the throne I stand in him complete Jesus died my soul to save my lips I still repeat Jesus paid it all all to him I owe 
sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Sin had left. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. God, we thank you for your love and sacrifice for us as we've been just singing and pouring our hearts out to you, just praising you for what you've done, God. We don't deserve it. Our sin is, is, is a burden, a heavy weight on us, and we don't deserve the grace and mercy that you provide, but you being a loving, wonderful God sent your son to die for us, and we celebrate that this morning. We want to remember the great sacrifice you made for us. God, uh, help us to just uh, be in the moment of your presence here as we continue to worship through your word and through the bread and the cup. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, guys, for leading us in worship. As we prepare for the Lord's Supper today, I want to just share with you for a few moments about the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross is the heart of Christianity. It's the symbol of our faith. Behind me, on the wall of the baptistry, we have chosen architecturally to place central in our worship center the cross. If you go outside, there's a steeple on top of our church, and on top of that steeple is a cross. If you look at our church as you drive down the highway, there's a stained glass window on the front of it. And in the center of that stained glass window is the form of a cross. We wear it as jewelry. Some of you right now probably have a cross around your neck. The cross is the symbol of Christianity. It probably wasn't the first symbol of Christianity. The best we can tell, the fish was the first symbol of Christianity. We found in the catacombs of Rome, those underground caverns where Christians fled during times of Roman persecution the first century, that etched on the walls of those caves are the sign of a fish that Christians have left there because 
the Greek word for fish is ichthus, and the first letter of Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior, is an acrostic for the word fish. So Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior, spells out fish, the first letter of each word, and, and so they uh, was sort of a, a code word, a hidden symbol of these are Christians who are here, the sign of the fish. Some people still use that. But it what, didn't become the universal symbol because it's sort of limited to the Greek language. If you don't speak Greek, you don't understand that. And, and it doesn't have any direct connection. There's no direct connection between Jesus and the fish. It's just the, the letters of the word. And so very soon, by the second century, the cross had become the symbol. You can understand why there was some reluctance for the cross to be the symbol of Christianity. I mean, this is a, a form of execution, of capital punishment, and not just humane capital punishment, the most inhumane, torturous, perhaps form of capital punishment ever devised. It would be like us today, um, if Christianity was born in our day, wearing a little guillotine around our neck or a little electric chair. Oh, what's, what's that jewelry you've got there? Well, that, that's my faith. That's my religion. Oh, what is that? I can't hardly tell. It's a little gas chamber. Oh, really? <laughs> That's, 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 your, that's your religion? This method of execution that you're wearing around your neck? You, you see why Christians maybe were, didn't immediately have that as our symbol. But the cross is so central to Christianity that soon it became that symbol. And by 280, Tertullian said, we form the cross on our forehead when we put on our shoes when we enter our house, when we leave our house, when we eat our meals, the cross had become the central figure of Christianity. No PR department would have come up with the cross. No branding or imaging group would have come up with the cross. Reviled in that day, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22 and following, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, this isn't the most popular message, he said, because to Jews, the Old Testament said, cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. It was a sign that you were cursed if you were executed in this manner. And so it was a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles because Roman citizens at first were not, per were not crucified. This was for the lowest of criminals. It was foolishness to the Gentiles that you would worship a crucified one. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is stronger than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. And so because of the message of the cross, the cross became the symbol of Christianity because we found in it our salvation of one who died in our place and took the penalty for sins that we could not pay so that we might be freed from them. Have you ever thought about why didn't the empty tomb become the symbol of Christianity? Wasn't that our greatest moment? Wasn't that Jesus' moment of triumph when he rose from the dead? So why is not the symbol of Christianity a little cave with a rock rolled away that we would wear upon our, our neck. Isn't that the heart of it? It very well could have been, could have become, would have been very fitting. And yet the resurrection without the cross is just one man doing a miracle for himself. 
the resurrection without the meaning of him dying for all of us would simply be, wow, Jesus died and he came back from the dead. But because of the cross that he died for us, the resurrection and the cross go together as the twin events of the heart of our faith and one needs the other. And so it was the cross that became that symbol of the Christianity because the cross separates us from all other religions. All other religions are in some sense an effort to do something to reach God and Christianity is the message that God has done something to reach you. That the work is finished on the cross. That he has done what you cannot do. That he has paid the price for your sins. And so while all others are a striving upward to God but Christianity is say God loves you and has died in your place and has already accomplished what you cannot strive to do. The Quran says five times in the Quran, the scriptures of the Muslims, that no one shall bear another's burden. Muslims believe Jesus is a great prophet, believe in the virgin birth of Jesus, believe in the miracles of Jesus, but don't believe in the cross because no one can bear another burden. But Christianity says, yes, the Son of God, who is both divine and human, can and did bear your sins so that you do not have to. It's the uniqueness of our faith. And I would share it with you that the cross is the center of human history, that all of human history has been pointing toward it, and all of human history flows from it. Let me show you that in the book of Revelation that makes that point. A few verses in the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 5, there's a glimpse into heaven. It's a symbolic scene to show us who is in control. And God has a scroll that represents the future. And no one can take the scroll and open it. Nobody knows the future. Nobody controls the future. And they weep in heaven. And John weeps. And then it says in Revelation 5, verse 5, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He's able to open the scroll and its seven seals. So there is this lion that represents Jesus who is able to know and control the future. But when John looks, he doesn't see a lion. It says in verse 6, Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. And so Revelation will call Jesus the lion only one time in this verse that we read, verse 5. But 29 times it'll call him the lamb. I'm saying to you the cross will never be forgotten, even in heaven. And in the, even in heaven, the, the, the one, how we'll know Jesus is the lamb looking as if he had been slain. Jesus in his resurrection body still bore the nail prints and the spear print in his side. He invited his disciples to look at them. He carries with him still in his resurrection body the mark of the cross and I think will probably carry them into all eternity. And so we'll never forget the cross. He is even in Revelation the lamb who has been slain. And someone has said, the only man-made thing in heaven will be the nail prints in Jesus' hand inside. I don't know if that's true, but, it, but perhaps it is that the only thing that we will have done that abides into heaven will be that. They'll never be forgotten. I'm saying to you that the cross is the center of Christianity and of history, and all from it, all of heaven will be looking back to that. Look at chapter 5 of Revelation, verse 9, what they sang when this 
lamb, this lion lamb, looking as if he had been slain, took the scroll. They sang, verse 9, a new song saying, you're worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. But Revelation tells us that not only will the cross never be forgotten in all of heaven, and we'll sing in all of heaven, worthy are you, the Lamb of God who was slain. But Revelation also tells us that all of history has been pointing to that. In Revelation 13, verse 8, even as it's talking about the coming of the beast, it says in Revelation 13, Eight, all inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the lambs. Here's one of those 29 times in Revelation where it talks about Jesus as the lamb. Who have not been written in the lamb's book of life. The lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Did you get that? Revelation says he's the lamb who was slain from the creation of the world what does that mean it means that the cross was the centerpiece of God's plan from the time of creation it wasn't as if Adam and Eve sinned and God said oh no what am I gonna do now I hadn't thought about this no the lamb had been slain from the creation of the world it wasn't as if when the Jews did not follow through with being God's people he said boy I gotta come up with a plan B what in the world are we gonna do now the Old Testament thing didn't work out no he's the lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world do you see it in Revelation that all along this has been God's plan he knew where we would be and from the very time before creation before he made us he knew of our sin and all of history has been pointing to the cross slain from the foundation of the world, and all of history flows from it, and in eternity we'll still remember and look back upon this lamb who was slain and say, worthy are you to receive praise. The cross is the center of our faith. And so if you would become a Christian, a follower of Jesus, we would ask you to confess your faith and then to submit to an act of worship that Jesus commanded us called baptism, and you would reenact the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And then if you would continue in your Christian faith, we would take what is called the Lord's Supper. And what does it remind us of? The cross, the death of Jesus. So Jesus gave us two symbolic ordinances. If you want to be a Christian, then the first symbolic act of worship you're to partake in, and I'll give you an opportunity today, you can decide to do this, you follow Jesus, you're baptized, and you are lowered into water as he died and was lowered into a grave, and you're raised up. And then as you continue the Christian life until you die or he comes again, you'll share in the Lord's Supper, and you'll eat a piece of bread that reminds you of his broken body on the cross and drink a cup of juice that reminds you of his blood spilt for you. It's all centered in the cross. And the cross is not just that central historical event, but it's also the principle of how we live the Christian life. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. And so it becomes personal to you. This is what's got to happen in your life. I'm not going to live to myself anymore. I can't save myself. I die to myself. I die with Jesus. The old self is crucified with him. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith and the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so the cross is how you live, and that's what we're calling ourselves to again today. We're people of the cross. We have to daily die to self, put Jesus on the throne of our lives instead of ourselves, center our lives upon him, 
the one who died for our sins. And whenever you have questions in life and you have doubts, where do you go? You go back to the cross. The cross is God's answer to all of our big questions. For example, there'll be times when tragedy comes into your life and somebody in your family gets cancer or somebody dies unexpectedly and and you're going to wonder, does God love me? How could God love me and this happened to me? And you know where you go when you have those kind of doubts and questions? You go to the cross. Because Romans 5, 8 says God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You're driven back to the cross when you don't have any other answers. Because you don't feel like God loves you. You don't feel like he's hearing your prayers. You don't feel like he's with you. You have to go back to the cross as the incontrovertible proof, the demonstration that he does love you. Because if he doesn't do anything else for us, he's done enough to establish his love, right? If he never answers another prayer, if he never does anything good in your life, he's demonstrated he loves you. And you, you can stake your life on that because he has died for you. Whatever you wonder, am I going to get through this? I, I, I don't know. I don't know in my life, am, am I going to be able to handle this? How, how do you gain the strength? You go back to the cross. Romans chapter 8, verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? You see it there? It drives you to the cross. I don't know if I'm going to get through this, but wait a minute. He gave his son for me. And he who gave his own son... Will he not give me everything I need? Will he not graciously give us all things? So again, when life doesn't make sense, where do you go? You're always driven back to the cross. The cross, I say to you, is the answer for all the hard questions that, God, that you have in your life. No wonder that Paul would write at the end of his letter to the Galatians, when he was writing to people who were attempted to abandon the cross and go to their own fleshly achievements, he wrote in Galatians 6.14, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So today, I just call you back to the heart of our faith, the cross of Jesus Christ. And I invite you to center your life there. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe you got some hard questions. You need to go back to the cross. You're not sure. You're doubting. You need to go back to the cross. The cross proves his love, proves his wisdom, proves his justice. It's the answer to hard questions. Maybe you've uh, <clears throat> sort of wandered a little bit, and you need to reestablish that crucified life. Get off the throne. Get Jesus back on reaffirm I have been crucified. I'm not going to live in that old fleshly lust and envy and anger. I'm realigning my life with the cross life. I've been crucified with Christ. I was baptized. I acted it out. It's true in my life. I'm going to reaffirm it today when I take these elements into my body. I'm a person of the cross. Would you reaffirm that in your life today? I'm going to invite our deacons 
who are going to serve the Lord's Supper as I pray to come and have a seat on this front uh, bench and we'll be prepared to serve the Lord's Supper. Let me say to you, if you're a guest with us, if you're a baptized believer in Jesus Christ, we invite you to the Lord's table. Baptism is that first ordinance of following him. If you've accepted Christ as Savior and been baptized, then we welcome you to the Lord's table. Uh, be a part of this. We're going to pass at the elements. We haven't done this in a while in our church. If you're not comfortable with that, we understand that. We respect that. There are some individual bags in the worship, on the foyer uh, right outside these double doors. You're welcome to slip out right now and get one of those. We're not going to go get it for you. That sort of defeats the purpose, I think. Of, uh, so you, you can uh, slip out and go get it, and there's a little piece of bread and a cup of juice there, and we'd be glad for you to share in the Lord's Supper as we share in it that way. Let's pray together. Would you join me? <clears throat> oh, Lord Jesus. We just thank you for your death for us on the cross. We continue to marvel at it. We, we, don't, we can't fully comprehend how great this was. The centerpiece of your plan, oh Lord. And we just reaffirm we're, we're people of the cross. We are followers of you, Jesus. And uh, we bring to you our sins and uncover them now. We confess our sins. And uh, Lord, we crucify ourselves again with you that we might have your life flowing through us. So we want to come and draw near and let go of anything wrong in our lives and reaffirm we're your followers. As Jesus prayed over this bread and over the cup before he shared it, I pray now over this bread, thank you for your body broken for us and this bread that it represents. Thank you for your blood shed for us in this cup that represents it. And oh God, uh, may this be a, a holy time in our lives as we experience the joy of forgiveness and uh, the love that you've lavished on us. And as we recommit ourselves to you, I pray in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. We're going to distribute first the bread and then the cup each time. We invite you just to hold it till everyone's been served, and then we'll eat it and then drink it together, okay?
sing this. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for sinners such as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Jesus said, this is my body broken for you, do this in remembrance of me.
Get me sing. <clears throat> but drops of grief can never repay the debt of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. And Jesus said, this is the blood of my covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And now let me offer you the invitation to come to the cross two weeks from today. We'll have the other symbolic ordinance, ordinance of baptism. And perhaps today, if you are not sure that you have your sins forgiven because you personally asked Jesus for the cross to be applicable to your life, today would you do that? Today would you confess openly that you're a follower of Jesus and prepare for baptism and then join with him two weeks from today in saying, I die with Jesus, my sins are washed away, I've risen to a new life in him. So stand together with me, we're going to have a time of invitation and commitment and uh, let me share with you that there are, if you want to join our church, there's three ways you can do that. You want to talk a little further, I'll be at the Welcome Center after the service. You can come and, and join there. I'm doing an introductions class on Wednesday night in a small group. You can join there. Even if you weren't here last week, come at 6.30 this Wednesday night. Introductions. We're talking about membership, about baptism. Answer any questions. You can join then. Or right now, if you're ready to say in front of these people, I, I want to be a follower of Jesus, you can just walk forward while we're singing and join our church by letter or statement or join our church by coming for baptism. You can also come if God's spoken to you in any way in this time about anything in your life that you need to recommit your way to him or you want to pray about something, we'd be glad to have somebody pray with you. So this is just a time to respond as God's spirit has moved in your life. We're going to sing a song together. God speaks to you, come as we sing. Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a savior. He can move the mountains, 
my God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Take me as you find me, all my fears and failures, fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in, now I surrender. He can move the mountains, my God is mighty to save, He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave, Jesus conquered the grave, shine your light and let the whole world see, we're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave, Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, He can move the mountains, my God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave, Jesus conquered the grave. Amen. You have a seat. <clears throat> So a couple of things I need to tell you about before we leave. Today, as a part of our, our Lord's Supper, our, uh, we take a benevolence offering. So uh, you can do that two ways. Uh, you can just put loose money in the boxes, and that will be designated for the benevolence <laughs> offering. And this is what we use to just meet needs in the community as folks uh, need help. And then um, uh, you can also put it in an envelope if you write a check. Just designate that this is for benevolence or whatever as you drop that in as you leave and continue to worship their giving. Also, uh, tonight, I may have seen the slide earlier, uh, so uh, a couple things happening. So at 5.30, if you've got a, a, a chili that you've made or a dessert, bring that to the church kitchen and uh, get that ready to be uh, uh, judged and all that stuff So for the fun there. so And then at 6 o'clock here in the worship center, uh, we're going to have our member meeting, and uh, this is going to be a special time where we just celebrate what God's doing. Uh, we're also going to be uh, uh, hearing the recommendation from the deacons about the pastor search committee. Um, 
and uh, has some student testimonies as well. So that'll be a good time to be together. And then we'll head on down to the gym at 630 uh, to have some uh, chili and desserts and enjoy that fellowship time together. So hopefully you'll be here for that tonight. Also, another note, uh, our intercessory prayer uh, ministry, uh, it's time to re-up that. So if you're interested in being a part of that, or if you've been a part of it, uh, today's kind of the last uh, time to let Debbie Leet know that you're still going to be involved in that. And you can email her or talk to her. And then next week is when we'll have opportunity for anybody to sign up for a time slot. We have uh, prayers going throughout the week, someone praying for our church 15 minutes uh, during that hour. And it's just a great ministry uh, to cover uh, First Baptist in prayer and all that God's doing through us. So uh, that's what's happening uh, there with uh, the intercessory prayer. So CDP's happening on Wednesday night. Got some uh, great things uh, starting uh, last week, and you can jump in. Now, don't be afraid to come uh, and be a part of that. So great options Wednesday night and excited what God's doing there. So uh, let's pray and we'll be dismissed. God, again, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love for us, and we thank you for this chance to meet with you, for your presence to be here, for us to be reminded of the cross and how important it is for us, God. Uh, just to help what we have experienced today uh, just impact us as we uh, go forward. Um, God, uh, just help us to shine your light and be your love to people around us, and we thank you and we love you for who you are. It's your name we pray. Amen. Also, if you haven't been in a connection group, uh, go check it out. Hit the Welcome Center and find out what's going on. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the